Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam Chop, and today with me is Mr. Chris with Fit360 out of Worcester, UK. Chris, how are we doing today? Perfect. Yeah, no, we're doing good. It's uh, it's a nice sunny afternoon here, which makes a change. So uh, yeah, good to be here. Awesome. Yeah, there we go. I see. I know we got about a five-hour time change here. It's just crack of the, the mid-morning for me right now, almost lunchtime, so um yeah, well, no, we're, uh, we're, we're definitely on the wind down towards the end of the end of the working day so right one's getting going one's just ending so um uh, cool chris i appreciate taking the time out of your day to kind of have a conversation with us and talk about you know your your perspective and all the things you've done in business on the industry so um with that being said i'll just go ahead and open up to you go ahead and give our listeners a little background on yourself kind of you know you know, what you've done, your experiences growing up, what led you into Fit360 ultimately? Yeah, cool. Yeah. So uh, Fit360 as a, as a business, been going since 2015. Um, I'm actually not a personal coach. I didn't come to it from a coaching background or anything like that. Um, all throughout former years, I've been uh, an avid sportsman following various different sports and, and things over the over the years. Um, so gym, fitness has always been a major part of my life. Um, and there came a time where I had the opportunity to um, join in uh, owning the, the gym, um, which I, I jumped at. Um, and, and, and yeah, the, the, sort of the rest is history, as it were. We're, uh, we're, we're mainly a small group training facility. Um, so all of, all of what we do is fully coached, fully programmed. Um, not like your normal sort of run-of-the-mill gym where you're just paying your fee and rocking up and doing your own thing. Um, and we, we help all various members of the public, whether they are seasoned gym goers to first time, um, people who don't know what they're doing, but know they need to get fit. Um, there's a real broad spectrum of, uh, of customer base that we, uh, that we try and look after. Awesome. Appreciate that. Um, well, with that being said, you know, um, kind of walk us through, you know, what, what was the idea behind the name of Fit360? Uh, initially it came up by my former business partner's, uh, wife. Um, she came up with the idea of, uh, you know, we're offering, um, full wraparound care so for the health and the well-being. So it was being fit 360, you know, 360 degrees of care. Um, so that's where it came and, and that's where it stuck. Awesome. Sweet and to the point. Cool. Uh, well, Chris, let's kind of dive into, you know, the business a little bit more, you know, kind of walk me through like, you know, what's the square footage? How many members do you have right now? So gym square footage, about 6,000 square foot of gym space. Um, then we've got sort of reception, chill out area, change of facilities, all the usual stuff. Um, we are current member base is about 160 uh, members. Um, and they're on ranges of memberships, but all down the semi-private um, small group uh, training aspect. I think we were probably one of the first gyms in our area to really take on the small group training um, model and, uh, and really run with that as the core of their business. Uh, and that's what we've continued to do ever since. You know, there are, we've, we've seen other gyms who've tried to take it on 
um, maybe not quite understood the, the nuances of a small group personal training and how to really sort of make the most of it. Um, but we like to think that that's their, that's their core, that's their key, that's what we're best at. And that's really what we, uh, we focus the business on. Yeah, yeah. So obviously that, that, that smaller group training where it's more kind of like intimate and then um, you're still effective at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we're giving, we're giving the, the, the members a lot of the benefits that you get from one-to-one -one personal coaching. Um, but you're also having that sort of team environment where the, the, the guys that are coming in are all sort of training and pushing towards similar goals. So they've got that, um, you know, they're able to bounce off each other. Then there's a bit, you know, you can have a bit of a laugh and a joke as, you, as you're going along. Um, yeah. So we, uh, we find it, it offers that sort of perfect blend, as it were, between those larger group classes and, and also that sort of personal one-to-one -one aspect as well. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Um, so walk me through and our listeners through like kind of like your elevator pitch, I guess, in a way, you know, if somebody were like a new prospect that was looking for a new facility, they were to come to your place, you know, exactly like, you know, you obviously a small group and one-on-one, -on -one, but like, how would you take them from prospect tour facilities, addendum, like all that stuff to converting them to a member? Uh, first thing we do is find out more about them, um, why they're, they're in front of us, um, what their goals are, what they want to achieve, um, and really try and drill down with that. You know, a lot of times you speak to these people and, and they'll give you a goal, weight loss, for instance, is, is, is an ever popular one. Um, but sometimes that can be a bit wishy-washy. So we really like to drill down and get to the underlying reasons of, of why somebody wants to join a gym. Um, cause we can find that helps with a, a huge sort of driving factor. And it also means we can tailor our experience to that individual so that they know that they're in, in the right environment to get where they want to be. Um, so we'll spend a lot of time looking after that client at the front end, finding out about them and, uh, and, and really getting down to the nitty gritty of that. Um, once we've got that, that sort of down and nailed and we know where they're coming from and we know what those goals are and, uh, and, and what they want to achieve. Um, we then look at bringing them on to our, um, our small group training um, uh, packages that we do uh, for a lot of new members. We do like a six week, um, what we call a transformation challenge, which is like a, an onboarding process as it were, but it gives them a, a focused six week, um, fully coached, fully nutrition, full accountability and support to really sort of kickstart them from wherever they are to where they want to be. Um, and then that leads on then into our longer term memberships um, where they can continue to sort of chase those goals. You know, sometimes people come to us with goals that you simply are not going to achieve in a six week period. You know, we're always upfront and honest with those clients. You know, we'll, uh, we'll tell them we can get them there, but you know, we might struggle to do that in, in six weeks. That might be more like a six month or a 12 month project to uh, to do what they want to do. Um, but we work with them um, mainly on their, on their training, but on their nutrition as well. And, uh, and on their focus to, uh, to make sure they achieve those goals. So we find that working closely with people in, in that respect and making them feel like an individual and they've not just been put in the, 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 the small group machine and they're just following the same program that everybody else is, um, that it is tailored to them as an individual. We find that works really, really well at, uh, at not only gaining new propositions, but also keeping them as longer term clients. Yeah. Awesome. So it sounds like, you know, from to kind of wrap that up is it's fully customizable to them from the moment that they, step in as far as whatever they need exactly yeah yeah we try and uh 
a lot of the clients that we get are people who know they want to get fit, know they need to be fit, and maybe fallen out of love with it, maybe tried other things and didn't feel like they fitted in, um, might be a little bit nervous, uh, don't know what they're doing, uh, unsure whether they're going to be laughed at or, you know, all of the, all of the usual um, things that, that people would maybe struggle with that would prevent them going to a normal gym or, or, or sort of facility. And, and we try and break down those barriers so that those, those concerns and, and worries of, of those people aren't there. Because um, we know once we get them through the door, we know once we get them training, we know once we get them feeling comfortable, they're going to absolutely love it and really see a massive transformation in their, not only their fitness, but the general well-being as well. And, uh, and, and that's what we love to do. You know, we love to get people to fall in love with, with being fit. So, Yeah, awesome. Um, well, with that being said, you know, um, let's kind of touch on, you know, you said you've had multiple locations in the past um you know kind of what's what's the goal plan now like you know post covid now you know for a little bit now like what's you know where where do you really want to to take fit 360 yeah so the one of the reasons we have multiple locations before is that we were in smaller units so we in order to increase the membership base we had to get take on more units so that we could have more members um, then we had the opportunity to move to a large unit so we could consolidate. Um, so that was one of the main reasons we went from multiple sites back down to back down to one singular site because we had a larger footprint. Um, and really, the idea behind that long term for us is to is to consolidate the building that we've got, really maximise its potential with regards to membership base and, and the deliverance and the service that we offer. Um, would we consider further sites again? potentially um but we really want to be in a position where this one is is running at, at absolute max capacity before we before we consider doing that and there's so many uh areas that we haven't really tapped into yet that we know that we could uh, to expand the business without having to go back into multiple sites or anything like that i mean the the ultimate goal for me is is early retirement i suppose the ultimate goal is for for a lot of business owners um and really to get this gym into a position where where it affords me personally to do that um, would be would be the ultimate goal. Um, but also be in a position where the, you know my, my coaching team and my coaching staff are, are you know feel like they've got the um, the ability to to put their own stamp on things and to really help drive that business forward and feel that they're not just an employee but they are actually part of the Fit Three Sixty sort of family as it were and uh, and, and are having a positive impact on on that. Yeah, love it. You know, obviously early retirement's always nice because you know retirement doesn't necessarily mean you're just gonna you know just be stagnant you can open yourself up to other opportunities that you know aren't maybe so time dense consuming physically consuming stuff like that but um so you know you mentioned 160 members 6,000 square feet lots of room to grow there um you know kind of you know what you know what is a number look like member wise or what would it look like for you to get to a point of max capacity or max stability in your facility what, what does that look like for the facility and you um over the time yeah i suppose there's, there's two bit and you, you mentioned both is max capacity and max ability so max capacity wise i mean this building you could potentially have three to four hundred members um with the type of uh service that we offer and the type of, of uh of programs we deliver and the way we deliver them 
Uh, a sweet spot for us would be anywhere from 180 to 200 members um, would be the would be the comfortable sweet spot. Um, I also think in the sort of environment that we're in and the local area that we're in and the the type of service that we offer which is a premium service you know we're not a we're not a very low cost film high gym um yes you could aim for that three to four hundred members but whether that would be achievable out of one facility in one area i i question that um possibly in different areas maybe if you're in more sort of um, more built-up areas such as london bigger cities manchester birmingham potentially um, but for us, where we are, yeah, that sweet spot's about, about between 180 and 200 members. Um, okay. Well, let me ask this. You know, what would, you know, why not the, the 300 members? You know, what, you know, you said like location and things like that, but like, you know, why not your space over time? I suppose, well, over time, no reason why not. Um, the thing I always have in the back of my mind, you know, a lot of forward planning and and, uh, and and forward forecasting with the business. And and you, I think every business in essence will get to a sweet spot where their new members coming in versus the members dropping off, they reach a parity level. Um, and I think for us that, you know, at, at 200 members, you know, you're probably going to start hitting that parity level. Um, whereas, yeah, if we can push on to three, I'm not going to stop at 200. I'm not going to say, right, that's it. I've made it. I've done. You know, if, if we get to that 200 and we think, right, there's scope for three, there's scope for four, five, six, you know, however many, then, then yeah, there's no, there's no cap or limit on it. It's just those levels of progression that I, that I see moving forward. And then the next target is that sort of 200 member base. Yeah. So you're kind of saying that, you know, that 180, 200, that's kind of like where you've reached like a parallel where, you know, you're not losing more than you're gaining and then kind of vice versa where it's like, it's like stable. Like that's the number you hover around. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, all good goals. Um, and then, you know, you said, you know, group training and stuff like that, you know, um, paint, you know, quickly, not quickly, um, just kind of paint a picture of like, how is the facility per se set up? Like for like, cause one-on-one training, you know, a lot of people enjoy one-on-one private. They don't want like people in the background yelling and screaming. Do you guys have like a separate like space inside the building for group training? It's like a wall closed in or is everything all open where like you got PT over here, a couple steps over there, you got group training. Uh, yeah, in essence, it's it's open. Um, so the the design of the actual gym is sort of split into two areas naturally. By we 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 occupy two separate units that that we broke through, and so they're next to each other. So we do have a bit of a divide. So when we have the larger group classes running alongside the small group classes, they are in different halves of the building, but you can see through to each other. You're not closed off in in that respect. Um, but we tend to find that, you know, for our members, they actually quite enjoy it. You know, they quite enjoy being a look through and seeing what the guys doing those larger sort of hit based classes are doing. Uh, and likewise, the other guys, you know, enjoy looking through and seeing how the, the smaller group classes are going on, which are mainly strength and conditioning based. Um, I mean, the gym set out very much like, um, you know, a lot of people to the uninitiated would come in and think, oh, we're a CrossFit gym. You know, we're a CrossFit box. You know, we haven't got lots of machines around. You know, we're all kettlebells, barbells, dumbbells. 
um, and, and, and rig sets up. So, uh, so a lot of people mistake it for a CrossFit box in the first instant. Um, but yeah, there's lots of open floor space. Um, you know, we've got lots of, you know, sort of natural daylight in. It's quite an open, airy area. Um, and then we don't want to overfill that because we don't want to lose that. That's what a lot of our members like about it. The fact that they don't feel hemmed in. They don't feel like they're shoved in a corner and, and tripping over each other. Um, so that, that sort of space, airy environment we find works really, really well. Nice. Awesome. So it's, 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 it's big enough to where you're not like right on top of each other. You know, there, there, there's some area to, to kind of breathe a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And because we like, I think a lot of other gyms that, that use this small group training, you know, they're all pre-book sessions. People are just rocking up at any time doing their own thing. You know, we can, we can manage those numbers and ensure that everybody's getting that level of service without, without it becoming a, a free for all. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, keeping keeping that quality to you know a certain standard. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, walk me through like you know in the space itself. You know, one hundred sixty members. Obviously, we 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 know there's room for growth. You know, wh where do you where do you see the biggest opportunities being inside your current setup? Is that you know increasing um, or yeah, increasing filling the capacity in your group classes? Um, increasing, you know, more one-on-one, -on -one. obviously more members is going to help with both, but like, you know, where, where do you feel the biggest areas, biggest areas of opportunity are to maximize the value for the time? Yeah, sure. Um, we actually had quite a big discussion, me and my head coach, as we came out of COVID as to, as to what we were going to do. Um, I mean, COVID, I think as it did with every gym, you know, caused us some big headaches and, and, and did a real good job of decimating everything we built up until that point. So yeah. We sat down, yeah, and had that, that exact discussion of what are we going to focus on? Where do we want to put all of our efforts? And what are we best at? You know, we, we're going to pick a lane here and which lane do we pick? And then once we've picked that lane, we're really going to stay in it and do the best we can within that environment. We've always been small group personal training. So it was a natural decision for us to stay down that route. Um, and I still think that that is, is for us the route to, to continue on down. There's still scope, you know, and, and the way that we train and the, and the client base that we have in, it's, it's getting those people back into or introduced to fitness where they're not there before. You know, we, we don't tend to attract too many people who are, you know, dedicated crossfitters or, or seasoned gym goers who know exactly what they want to do and they just want a place to train. Um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a massive population out there that know they need to get fit, especially post-COVID, but then don't quite know how to do it, don't quite know how to go about it, don't know where to start, don't know if they're doing the right thing. And for us, that small group training environment gives us the opportunity to help those people get back on board with their, with their fitness. So, so for us, it's just continue what we're doing. You know, we're, we're good at it. We know we're good at it. We've got it set up and let's continue maximizing that. I think it's very easy. Sometimes you can, you can look at the next shiny thing and think, Oh, actually, you know, that, that over there looks good because we're not doing that. And could we incorporate that in? And, and I sometimes think you can lose the core essence of what your business is. If you start to, if you start to sort of split from one, one different, um, you know, sort of shiny new object to, to the next. So, uh, so we, we like to keep ourselves quite focused on what we're doing and, uh, and we think there's, there's plenty of growth in that. Yeah. So, you know, kind of just building those group classes and getting, getting the people that, you know, know that they need fitness, but maybe not necessarily know how, or, you know, where the first step might be and, 
you know, kind of welcoming, welcoming them into your community a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, we put it this way. We love nothing more than, um, if a client has been with us and then decides to leave because they want to take their fitness down a specific route. Now that might be a CrossFit route. That might be a return to some other sport or something like that. You know, we hate to see them go, but if we've got them to a point where they have that level of confidence that they can then go off and, and do something else, we consider our job done. You know, that is, that is our gold standard. That's, that's what we want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because obviously, you know, more group classes, you know, that there's more people in one session that are, you know, ultimately there. Um, roughly how many, you know, group classes a day do you offer? Um, are you guys open five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week? So open six days a week, uh, Monday to Friday, we do morning sessions from six to 11. Uh, our sessions run on the hour every hour. Uh, then we open again for an evening session, four till nine um open on a saturday morning seven till 11 um and within each of those open hours we're running at least two if not three classes simultaneously at the same time okay so multiple classes multiple instructors yeah 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 there's a team of six of us um uh, uh, the coaching teams at set at six at the moment so some of those full-time some of those part-time but um but yeah, they, they they run those classes along with the head coach that does all the programming and the scheduling. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, talk to me about you know what what's your current plan? You know, obviously you have been working and getting members. But like, what's your current goal to really, or excuse me, what's your current strategy to get to that sweet spot, that 180, 200 members, and then obviously potentially even more. You know, where where is kind of like your ammo aim to be able to bring in those numbers so post covid we took on a uh, a marketing uh, company that were that were helping us and um, prior to covid let's so let's take a step back prior to covid the way we got new members in the gym was a discounted um you know sort of 30-day trial and if they liked it we'd then try and upsell them onto a membership um post covid we've actually come at it from a slightly different angle so we're now offering this standalone six week uh we call them the transformation challenges um and then we find that's a higher ticket price so people are coming in on that higher ticket price they're getting the gold standard service from us and then from the back end there we're looking at conversions onto longer memberships um we found post-covid that's been really really transformative with with the business you know we're having a higher conversion rate we're having more success with um uh, member transformations and 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 member retention so so we will continue to do to do that um you know it, it's working well uh, it's worked well since we've reopened the doors um doesn't show any signs of, of of slowing um and has great appetite from from those new customers coming in so we we find it works for us awesome and now uh, you said that you hired like a, a marketing agency or company to help like run those ads for like those six-week challenges and stuff like that yeah, so they help us set up the the actual challenge itself as a standalone sort of front-end product um, because it's not only the training, we've got the nutritional support and guidance and a nutritional coach involved with that as well. Um, so they help us set that up um, and then they, they help us continue to deliver that as we as we move forward um, as well as the, the marketing side of it as well. So, you know, it's quite easy when you you, you own this business, you like, you, you like to think you could do it all yourself and nobody will do it better than you. You know, I know how to put a Facebook ad in, I know how to do this, I know how to do that, but 
there's there's nothing wrong with with knowing what you don't know how to do and uh, and going out there and finding those people who can help you. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, it's it's like you you can't you can't run what you don't know, basically, or you you can't optimize what you're not good at in a way. Get good, no, no. but um and so yeah so that sounds like that's going well um so you said that they run ads as well like they'll do like the advertising for the challenge and um getting people in through that way yeah so essentially the ads are, are quite straightforward um in respect of, of where we advertise you know it's facebook instagram usual usual suspects yeah um we don't tend to advertise out of those out of those channels at the moment don't need to advertise out of those channels at the moment you know we we do monitor it as things may change you know, we may find that the that, that those avenues aren't as good and we have to look elsewhere. But at the moment, they, they continue to work. And if they're working, we're happy to let them work. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, walk me through, you know, how big are these, or I guess how big, how, how many participants usually end up in these six-week challenges um, from this, you know, campaign? And then... Of those participants, how many typically do you retain as a outstanding client? So we're normally getting on a monthly basis. We do limit the numbers so that we can keep that quality of service up. Um, on a monthly basis, we'll, in a slow month, uh, have eight to ten uh, new uh, people join. Um, as I said before, it's a high ticket thing. So, you know, the, the, the sales aren't going to be quite as voluminous as they were. Yeah. Um, and we want to be able to handle them properly. So quiet month, eight to 10, busy month, that could be sort of 15 to 20 uh, in a month. So so those front end sales. And then the conversion side is the thing that we pride ourselves on. We have never had a month where we've been any less than an 80% conversion um, off the back end of the six week into a longer term membership. And of those members that stay on that 80%, they will stay for, on average, nine to 12 months sometimes longer um you know so they're not coming on only for a couple of months and then they disappear you know we're seeing them as as what we would consider a longer term member um and we've got a core of members here that have been with us for priced a number of years now you know sort of four five six years and uh and, and keep coming back and hopefully because we keep on doing a good job so hey there you go there's nothing wrong with that so it sounds like you got some <laughs> good good retention out of it and you know anywhere between you know, eight out of every 10 members coming back, you know, maybe nine or 10 out of every 15 that come back depending on the month. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. We've always, um, we've always been quite proud of that, that sort of back end conversion side, you know, the front end sales, it, it's something that, that, that you have to sort of get your head around as it were. And, you know, when you're, when you're selling these challenges to people who maybe don't know the gym or, or don't know if it's the right thing for them. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of work that has to go into that and that's continually evolving. You know, we've, We've been, like I said, doing it post-COVID. Uh, um, so in 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 essence, not that long. You know, we're constantly refining that that front end sales, constantly sort of tweaking and changing, and uh, and seeing what impact that has to see if we can get those conversions higher. But um, but that's all part of it. You know, you've got to constantly evolve, constantly challenge yourself, and and see if you can make things grow. Yeah, absolutely. So, how would you say, you know, from your challenge? you know, obviously 80% is a good conversion rate, you know, what's, you know, what's kind of like your, not sales talk per se, but like, what is, how do you feel about like the, the, the 
sales conversion process or script, like from the time that they finish their challenge and that conversation happens, Hey, like, you know, you're nearing the six week challenge, finish date, yada, yada, yada. You know, how, how, how does that correlate into a membership? Like what's going to be the things that you guys are getting them to, to convert? So what we normally do is we don't wait till they're at the end of the six weeks because by then they're either going to be in or they're not, but they'll have already made up their own mind. So we normally try and touch base with them week two, week three, see how they're getting on. You know, we just use it as a, as a like a, a mid-challenge catch-up, um, see how they're getting on, seeing if they're enjoying it. And then if there are any sort of pain points that they're getting, we can sort those out then so that we haven't waited until that six-week period. Um, and likewise, you can get a feel for whether they're really enjoying it and, and going on. So normally, by the time we've got to that six weeks, there isn't really a conversation other than when do you want to sign up? So, you know, we make sure we do those earlier in the process, um, which, again, was something a bit new to us, something a bit sort of almost counterintuitive is that you're already trying to sell something to somebody three weeks before they're ready for it. But we've found that that's made a big difference. And, uh, and and normally, you know, by the end of that six weeks, if they're on board and they love it, then there's very little in the way of trying to persuade them to stay longer. Um, it's just more of a case of how long do you want to stay for? So, yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of a kind of a random silly question, not silly, but you know, you said you have like the six week challenge, right? Like that's it's good. You have the people coming in. And you're not necessarily doing too much of like Facebook, Instagram advertising. Is that right? Oh, well, that's all Facebook and Instagram advertising. That's the main, main. Oh, that's the only thing that you're doing. Okay. Yeah. 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 Got it. So let me ask you this, you know, if, and if it's a matter of like budget and money, that totally makes sense too. But you're doing the six week challenge. That's like the main meat and potatoes of your, you know, your marketing is there, you know, what what would it do for your business if you were able to have your six week challenge, but then also have other things that are drawing people in aside from that six week challenge? Is that because obviously it's bringing more people into the door, you're able to grow. You know, if you were able yeah. to maintain the quality of what you're doing while still bringing in those extra new members, you know, what would that look like for you? And I think you've hit the nail on the head. That the, the biggest consideration there would be maintaining that quality. So. You know, it it would be great that if all of a sudden, instead of 15 members through in a month, we've got 40. Um, but it's making sure that we still deliver that quality. And and in essence, that's what I'm all about. You know, it's if for me, it's not it's not a volume game. It's not get them in, pile them on, stack them, you know, get the money and run. It's about making sure that they feel that they've had an absolute premium service right from the moment they've stepped through the door. So. So that aside, um, yeah, I mean, we do, we do quite, we're quite active on all, um, uh, social media organically. Um, you know, we find that that's, uh, you know, works very well with a positive reinforcement, you know, for, for people who are maybe just sort of out there not really knowing what's going on. You know, if we're coming up in their social feeds for, for different things that we're doing, um, that works quite well. Um, yeah. At the moment, to be honest, I haven't really given it much consideration because we've been so focused on, on what we've been doing. Yeah. Um, that, um, that, you know, we, again, like you say, it's all, like I said before, it's, it's very easy to start looking at all the shiny things around you instead of focusing on what you've got in front of you. So, right. so I, I keep that, keep that focused. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, and obviously, you know, it's, 
worthwhile to consider only because you know more people in more quality while keeping those people in allows you to you know reinvest into the gym get to early retirement faster maybe you know increase paying coaches you know things like that um yeah which kind of brings me to you know uh last couple points here as we get ready to wrap up you know if you were to take a step back turn around look at your facility and like a snow globe kind of effect where you can see like every little thing that's going on like operational wise yep. and this and this and this you know two parts to this question and if i need to repeat it i definitely will um what would it mean for you to be able to have the sweet spot members the quality you know the 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 word i'm looking for is the the culture of the coaches you know everybody's happy everything's going well you know what would that look like for you um to be able to do different opportunities for the facility different you know improvements to the facility or you know just yourself you know maybe it buys you more time to do the things that you want to do or you're able to step back train somebody to run under you for you um you know with your style your vision and things like that in mind what would that look like what would that be able to do for you on like a personal level and then also second part in the next you know you've been in the business for a little bit now you know what yep. what is the the big you know you mentioned potentially opening up a second studio maybe you know you've done it before maximizing this one first but like what's really truly you know long term for you and your facility three to five years five to ten years from now so the two questions almost wrap up into one in some respects i um as well as this business as i alluded to before we we came on air i've, I've got other business interests as well yeah. um one of those um other business interests is the property portfolio um so i'd love to get the gym into that position where we are now no longer renting the space that we're in that we're in a space that is owned by myself and used by fit 360 so i've got that full control um that would allow the step back in the retirement side of it because you'd have an income from the company renting from your 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 venue as it were um so that would that would be that sort of sweet spot and where we're looking at and that's what i'm building towards um, and that would also then link in nicely with that retirement thing where we can take that step back. And ultimately, retirement for me is is time. It's having time to spend with wife and kids. You know, it's it's all of those long hours that have that have been locked up until this point. Uh, you're never going to get them back. But they they stood by me in good faith, hoping that I can I can return those hours in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. I got a, I got a six year old. So I, I uh, understand that wholeheartedly, you know, it's, you know, that's one thing you can't get back is time. You can maximize your time, but you can't get it back. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I've always tried to carve out time, you know, even, even when things are busy, but it, you know, it, it, it's difficult. It can be difficult. Um, so I try to carve out a bit of time wherever I can. It's been particularly difficult post COVID. Um, you know, there's been a lot of time and effort spent in, in, in the various businesses, keeping them, keeping them where they needed to be. Um, but hopefully, yeah, that, that's the plan is just to uh, give a bit back to the family. They've given, they've given a lot of hell of a lot of support to me, um, over the years and it would, uh, it'd be beautiful to repay that. That's right. Absolutely. 
um, always, always good to re-nurture that. So um, appreciate that answer. Yeah, I tried to not reiterate to the same questions, but just wanted to get the different perspectives on both sides of things. So um, yeah. awesome. Well, last couple of things here for you. Um, well, three, the first one is, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've probably thought about this, you know, being that that's, you know, your end goal is you want to get into kind of almost paying yourself while, you know, the business is still operating and making money. But do you have a person or a partner or somebody that's going to be able to, in, in, a, in a sense, replace you when you take that step back? Or is there somebody in mind that you want to develop and train your way so that way you know that the facility is still going to operate where you're not necessarily quite as hands-on but you can operate like you mentioned from like a distance whether it's payroll training development of you know programming coaches things like that kind of you know talk me through that really quick yeah in essence we're we're sort of halfway there already i mean my my coaching team as a whole are a, are a brilliant group you know and I'm, I'm really sort of humble to 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 have them um, you know, sort of help me run the business. And I, and I do consider that they help me run the business. Um, as I said, with multiple business interests, I'm not full-time here. I'm not fully hands-on. Um, so I do have my head coach who, who handles a lot of the day-to-day. Um, I've also got a, a nutritional coach who handles a lot of the social media and the, the admin side of things as well. So I've already got the wheels in motion for, for that. Um, and I'd like to think that they're, they're sort of driving toward that same end goal as, as myself. Um, so we're already, already making those inroads into, into having that sort of uh, that end goal in place. Um, so, yeah, in essence, yeah, I've got, I've got people um, that I hope will, uh, will sort of step up as, as time goes on and, and, and fill those positions and fill those boots. Awesome. Um, that's always a good feeling too, just because, you know, it's like, you can start to continue to develop and, you know, when the opportunity arises, it's like, okay, you know, where, where, you know, how's this going to turn out? But um, awesome, Chris. Well, uh, last couple things here, two things. Um, if there was words of wisdom, advice, some nuggets you want to drop for anybody that is looking to start into the fitness industry, their journey, you know, getting started, whether, you know, they have a plan, don't have a plan. They have, a partner they don't have a partner kind of what what's your what's your thoughts your words that would help somebody kind of go from where they are now to where they potentially want to be um i think the first one would be, be prepared to dig in be prepared to put the groundwork in be prepared to work those long hours um because you're going to need to do that there is no escape in it you know it's it, it, it's hard work um and you've got to be ready and prepared to do that um but don't let that stop you. Don't let that put you off. You know, have a vision, have a goal and keep your sights on it. You know, just like we bring in these new members of ours on these challenges and whatever, and we find out what their goal is and we drive them towards it, you know, treat yourself the same way, you know, have that goal at the end. And, you know, things are going to happen. Things are going to come your way. Things are going to hit you from the side that you, you, you've never considered or thought of, or as you expand or grow, there's always going to be, um, sort of arrows thrown at you that you're going to have to try and deflect or, or deal with. Um, but don't let that put you off starting. You know, if you've got that vision, you've got that desire, you've got that goal, whether it be a gym business or any other business, you know, just, just take the first step, take the first step, go for it. Don't be afraid to ask for help because there are tons of people out there that will help. 
um, either for free or paid for. Um, but they're, they're all there to help you sort of uh, get to your end goal. Um, make use of those people and, and knuckle down and go for it. Awesome. Love that. Um, cool. Well, Chris, last piece here, you know, how can everybody reach your facility? Go ahead, you know, give shout outs, website, Facebook pages, Instagram pages, TikTok, Twitter. I don't know. But if somebody were to come check out Fit360, how are they going to do that? Uh, so, yeah, the website would be a good one to start with. Uh, www.fit360.co.uk. Um, the one error we did make with the name um, is that the three is a number three and the 60 is a written word 60. So I, I, I'm almost bored of having to explain that whenever we give out addresses or anything like that, because people will write all different connotations of the, of the word. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's that bit. Um, so yeah, if you're starting a gym and you're thinking of a name, think of how you're going to have to say that name day after day after day. But um but yeah, so uh, try, check out the website. We've got Facebook page, uh, which again is at Fit360, uh, same as the Instagram. Um, so yeah, check us out, see what we're up to. We're, we're, we're quite live on the social side. And, uh, and if you're in and around the Worcester area in the UK, um, drop in, you know, the door's always open. Come and see what we're all about. Um, it'll, be, it'll be great to meet you. Awesome. Well, like he said, you know, if you're in and around the area of that, of, you know, in the UK area, the, the Worcester side, um, Check them out. You know, it, the, the worst that can happen is you go in there and you have an amazing experience and now you're a, a community member and you're, you know, you're getting in the best shape of your life, um, whether that's mentally, physically, or, you know, all the above. Um, and uh, again, Chris, appreciate the conversation today. If anybody else out there was inspired or was prompted by this, you know, conversation to take it into their hands to explain their version of what they're doing and how they're doing it. Feel free. We'd love to have you. Click on the link below. Type in all your info. Uh, we'll be in touch. We'll get you on. But until then, y'all, that's been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily. And joining us on the show is Coach Adam from Doghouse Boxing and Fitness. What's going on, Coach? How are you doing today? What's good? How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Mm -hmm. Definitely have excited to have you back on the show. This is your second time. Um, I believe you were on about a year ago in 2022. So before we get into all that, tell us a little bit about how you describe your, your gym, Doghouse boxing and fitness and tell us a little bit about what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Sure. Well, I'm coach Adam. Uh, I developed doghouse boxing and fitness. Uh, this is, uh, it's kind of like a mom and pop's gym. I grew up in the, in the business, in the, in the sport of boxing. It's, it was my world pretty much since a child. I've, I fought myself. My, my dad was a coach. Um, so it's just kind of like a family lifestyle and it's just something that, I developed just throughout life, you know, just coaching period. But um, I think that I have a unique skill 
that a lot of individuals don't have where it comes into coaching where uh, my, my unique talent is the pad work. Um, so I felt that I just wanted my own place, my own gym, that I could be creative and, you know, just kind of suit it myself. You know, this is, this is, you know, it's like a, like the old school feel that you had when you, like in, 90, in the eighties and the nineties, the gyms that you felt like that when you walked in, that's the way my gym is. It's not really like a commercial type gym where we're doing cardio fitness. It, you know, obviously there's fitness involved because right. as a boxer, when you train, you know, there's, there's fitness involved, but the feel is a, um, you know, it's a mom and pop gym. You know what I mean? That old school kind of grit feeling. That makes sense. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what is your, what is your background in? How did you get into boxing and fitness? Um, my dad was a boxing coach. Um, I, like I said, I fought uh, all my, everybody around me. My brothers were boxers. Um, I went as far as just amateur. I did other things with my life um, on a business side into music and stuff like that. But I just kind of came back to boxing. It's just, it was my love. It's just, it's just something that I just can't get enough of. You know what I mean? So I decided to open up my gym because in, in, in uh, legacy of my dad, my dad passed away. Um, it was just something that he, he did and it felt comfortable being there like with his gym. So I kind of did the same, almost the same exact thing with a little spin to it. I opened up my gym so people have that same feeling, if that makes sense, for the community. Yeah, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. prior to opening your gym, did you have a background in business ownership or any type of entrepreneurship? Um, Not business ownership, but in business, uh, just the art of business. I've always been in business. I've always been uh, a type of entrepreneur. Um, uh, I was into promotion. I used to promote like nightclubs and music artists and things like that. So I always kind of had a, a, a way of selling. Um, but as far as uh, ownership, I worked in different gyms to, to see how the gym worked. And um, like I worked for my, I worked at my brother's gym um, primarily the whole time that I was a coach. My older brother um, had, a, had a boxing gym. And um, I started working with him and seeing how he moved. And I just kind of picked up on, on what he was doing. So then I partnered with somebody before and uh, that didn't go well, but I still, it started, it, I took the steps to become an owner. You know what I mean? Like I pretty much, you know, uh, worked my way up to, to, you know, run a full business, to turn it into a business because um, going back to what like my dad used to do, this wasn't a business for my dad back in the day. You know what I mean? This was just something that he did, you know? So, um, you know, the business side of it, my brother taught me that. My brother taught me how the, the boxing gym, how it became a business. So I, you know, put the both together. And from the experience of me working with my brother, you know, he shut, he, he was open for about 10 years, but, and then he shut down, but from his highs and lows and, you know, trial and error, I learned from his, his, his wins and losses, and then I just developed my own program, and it's working. Yeah. Does so, that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay. So, where were you at, like, when you were on the show a year a year from now, where was your mm. business at? So, I mean, I was just getting a kick out, you know, I was just getting started, I guess, but where I'm at, people know me, so I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I got a household name, like, in this region, 
But as far as like the business goes, it was just, it was just, it was just turning. You know, people were just starting to figure out that I was here. You know, just I started um, going stronger with the social media marketing and and just different things, just client referrals and um, people seeing me out. You know, I wear a lot of uh, merch and swag. I, I don't, I'm dripped up in doghouse boxing everywhere I go. <laughs> so you know, I think that um, from where I was at. To now, it's uh, it's we've grown substantially, you know. Um, yeah. I think, you know. So, I mean, I went from probably like, you know, maybe forty-five to fifty clients to like it doubled. To I'm at probably about eighty at this point, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you are a one-man show, as we were talking about earlier, right? So yeah. these are all people that you are like managing solo. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm the only chef in the kitchen, man. Like it's tough, but it's I get it done, you know. It's a uh, it's a job that you get, I guess you have to be focused for and ready and conditioned every day. Um, but it's worth it because it's, it's I see the the growth and I'm, I'm willing to put in the work. I'm still, you know, I, I'm 41, but I still feel young. You know what I mean? Um, I feel that uh, I just got to put more time into developing what I got to do to, I guess, create maybe a system. That's what do you mean? To, um, you know, where if I wanted to franchise at some point, say, um, obviously a doghouse boxing, how would I put open up another doghouse boxing somewhere? Like, what feel would it have? Like, what is it going to be the same coach Adam? Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to water it down. You see what I'm saying? So, like, if I was to open up another doghouse boxing, it would be in another state, it wouldn't even be in this in, in Georgia. It would be the only doghouse boxing you can you can come to is mine, this one. Or if I was to open up another one, I would kind of have to have a system, a formatted system or some type of feel to where it's like you feel like it's its sister. If you go there like, oh, okay, it's not the same. You know, doghouse boxing is doghouse boxing. Just like if you go to McDonald's, you get a double cheeseburger. It's the same double cheeseburger you're going to eat anywhere. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So essentially, like you need a system to duplicate. Right. But I just, like I said, I don't want it to be too commercial neither. Right. So that's the hard part, finding a unique individual to, you know, to take on that kind of responsibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's backtrack just a little bit before we get too far along. Um, we'll come back mm-hmm. to this point, but you said you grew from about 45, 50 to 80 clients. Uh, yeah. Like solo, because you're not sharing these clients or you're not passing them along to another coach. Um, <laughs> worked for you in terms of getting people in the door. What were you doing for marketing? Um, I guess social media, my my Instagram and my Facebook is is, you know, I think the the, the quality of the content that I have, um, I think uh, the quality of clientele that I have, I got a lot of NFL athletes, I got some celebrities, I got some people that that know people, so, um, you know, and just I think that, um, I think the product, the actual product that I have. All of those things uh, are components to the growth because referrals are very strong to me. You know, you, you know, you know, one, you know, uh, star football player, he got five friends that all play in the league. You know what I mean? They're coming. If that makes any sense, you know, um, you might know a celebrity that knows a couple of friends and they're coming, you know, or they might share you on their Instagram or things like that. That all helps. I think uh, like the grassroots part of it, I think that's it's grown substantially because of that, you know, just homegrown. 
Okay. So mm-hmm. on your journey from zero to looking back on your journey from like zero to 80 clients, um, is there anything you, anything you think you would have done differently? Um, I just think, uh, with myself personally, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think everything is just right on track. You know, I think probably more would be more self, but anything as far as what I did, as far as the business goes, I think it, uh, the wheels been turning organically. I don't really see anything different that I would have done. I think it, 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 need, it needed to take time and, and development, you know, to, to get where it's at. So okay. there's really nothing, you know, I wouldn't have done anything different. No. Yeah. So, I mean, what's the amount of clients that you're, that you have, what does your day-to-day look like from the time you wake up? Like, what are you doing like for your business and in your business? Um, uh, I mean, I start my day at eight in the morning and it ends at eight 30 at night, but, um, you know, for the business, um, I mean, I'm constantly, uh, you know, following up with new leads. Um, I guess because my wife is, uh, she helps, she helps me with, with the business also. So she does like the, uh, I guess, administrative work when it comes to website hits and things like that of that nature where people will leave, a inf- leave the information for me. I'll just follow up with every single person, you know, every single day I get somebody that, um, that is inquiring about the training or whatever. And I just, I follow up with them. I'm constantly following up with leads. That's one thing I am doing, but I mean, I'm training people. I got like 17 people a day, you know what I mean? So, you know, and sometimes I'll two people up, I'll double people up because this is boxing. And if they're down for it, you know what I mean? I can put two together just to kind of maximize time. Um, but that's it. I'm just, I'm just, I, you know, I'm, I'm, whether it's people that's experienced or somebody that has to, uh, that's just starting, you know, like everybody has different levels that I'm training, but I do have somewhat of a system on how I train each and every single human, you know, each person I train them, you know, I develop them in the beginning, the same exact way, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, what I know you mentioned that you need better systems in your business. Um, but right now, like what are you using? How are you keeping track of who's booking a class, who's showing up, who has it, maybe has it been in a few weeks? Like, how are you keeping track of all of the people? Okay, so um I have a I have a sign-up sheet <laughs> that people sign in with. These are sign up, you know, just day to day. I like to write things down. I know a lot of people say, you know. I'm just not really a computer guy like that. You know, it's just some people are, some people aren't. You know what I mean? I like to write things down. Just like I showed you before, you know, this was my, this is my schedule. <laughs> and I write things down. So, I mean, that's how I like to look at it in front of me, write it down. And I, I, I just pretty, pretty, pretty old school is how I keep filing. You know, I mean, she keeps track of payments <laughs> and I, I just keep track of session. So, you know, according to say, if you bought 10 sessions off of me, I'm keeping track of um, how many sessions that you utilized. And then when it's time to renew, I just, you know, hey, <laughs> let's, run, let's run that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's what it is. And it's pretty simple. It's really not, 
you know, overwhelming. And I, I got a lot of honest clients too. They, I mean, they, they keep a rapport with me. I usually tell people to uh, also keep track just so we're all on the same page. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about the future of, excuse me, doghouse boxing and fitness. Um, okay. One year from now, where do you want, like, how do you want to see your business grow and evolve over the course of 2023? Um, I just want to continue to give a good, you know, give my best um, to my clients. You know, I think that it has a lot to do with myself, you know, because it's personal training. And, um, you know, I just have to make sure that I'm, you know, a machine <laughs> to be able to give as much as I'm giving. You know, a lot of a lot of what I do is physical. And to, to me to be give the absolute best product, I have to be myself. I have to um, be on point. You know what I mean? So I think just uh, bettering myself, just, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, you know what I mean? It, gives, it allows me to serve uh, better, in a, you know, just a better product, you know, to my opinion. That's what it is, you know. I see the change. Just whatever I feel like I'm, if I'm working out, if, if I'm doing well, just, it, it bleeds into what I'm doing. So yeah. that's what it is. So mm -hmm. one more question before we wrap up. Um, looking back to when you first started your journey as a business owner in the fitness industry, knowing what you know now, um, give yourself one piece of advice <clears throat> that you wish you had. Um, I would, I would, I would be, I would value the dollar a little more. <laughs> what do you mean? You know, I would just, um, even though I like to, sometimes I just, I get impulsively spent, you know what I mean? Instead of just kind of, you know, disciplining myself on just, uh, the dollar. Sometimes I just have a impulsive way about money. Like it's, it's just like, it's just there. And sometimes it might not be. <laughs> So just the uh, the whole discipline of money, um, I just the, just you got to reiterate the value of a dollar. You know what I mean? You got to keep you know constantly keep your eye on you know <laughs> the essence of money sometimes because um, sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down. <laughs> you want to kind of when you're running a business, you want to keep things smooth. So that's really the, the advice I give to myself is to continue to value the dollar. <laughs> Alrighty, Adam. Well, this is a really good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we mm -hmm. sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Um, doghouse, doghouseboxing.fitness on Instagram, doghouseboxing.fitness on Instagram, and doghouseboxing and fitness on Facebook. Alrighty. Woodstock, Woodstock Georgia. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, Coach Adam, thank you so much. You know, we really appreciate you. your time and contribution to the podcast. And mm -hmm. looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to continue to accomplish down the road. So I appreciate everybody, you. Thank you. So to everybody thank who's been here today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget to right. be notified about future episodes. Hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description. Fill it up, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, we have Mr. Andy Smith of Lift Gyms, joining us from Edinburgh, Scotland. Andy, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm very well. Firstly, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, um, and appreciate you hustling it through as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get into this. Lift is... Uh, an interesting brand, at least from my perspective. But before we have that conversation, Andy, before we get into the the business aspect of this, give us a bit of a descriptor of what Lyft is. For people who aren't familiar, for those of us in the States, describe Lyft gyms in your own words. So Lyft is a performance facility for everybody. Um, Having worked in a variety of different types of gyms, in the UK throughout my journey, I got frustrated by the the lack of quality and the lack of service that the sort of premium big box gyms would give to their members. And so starting off in a smaller private personal training based facility, which I opened, I wanted to try and bring that kind of elite level experience to everybody. You know, if you were going to go play soccer um, in your language down the path (laughs) with your friends, um, you wouldn't play in flip flops, you know, you'd want soccer cleats on to get the best experience so i wanted to try and recreate that for our members um, and make it also an environment that elite sports teams would be happy to come to and we've recently just hosted the australian and fijian rugby union teams on their autumn tour of scotland good okay and so it's come a long way since its inception but take us back to to the early days of this remind us of not necessarily the day, the first day that the doors opened, but tell me about the day that the idea popped into your head. I'm going to open up my own iteration of, of this style gym. What was going on and, and how did we get here? Um, so I've always been quite a planner when it comes to my life in general. I tend to try and set five-year objectives um, and, and achieve those. So the idea came to me first off when uh, I finished my master's degree here at the University of Edinburgh. And I realized that I didn't want to work in professional sport due to just the difficulties of the pathway. So I thought I'd sell my soul uh, and go into personal training full time. Like I said, very quickly, I got frustrated with the environments that were available to me as a coach. So I opened up my own private training studio um, with the goal of one day opening a gym. I got extremely lucky with my business partners who both have um, a financial background through accountancy. Um, ran up some basic numbers, pitched the idea to them. And then with their involvement and their kind of ability and contacts, we were able to go from kind of my initial vision of a six, 7,000 square foot facility 
to where we are today, which is a 12,000 square foot facility uh, in the center of Edinburgh. And um, so that's, that's the journey in a nutshell, really. Yeah, and so like we said, a couple of different evolutions and, and significant progress from day one to today. Look back on that time, at least. I'm sure that plenty of lessons, plenty of, of wisdom gained and experience along the way. So what's been your favorite part of being a business owner like this? And, and what's been the most difficult part for you? We'll start with the most difficult because that's probably fairly similar across your entire audience. And that was the global pandemic. And mm. um, so here in Scotland, we were closed. Uh, so we'd only been open for 16 months. Uh, and then the pandemic hit. So we were closed for a, a significant period of time with very, very little support from the Scottish government. Um, and that kind of leads on to some of the more satisfying areas itself because I decided to try and stand up and fight for my industry, not just myself and my business, but everybody in the United Kingdom um, and specifically Scotland. And that led to the formation of the UK Active Independent Gyms Council. So that is an elected um, body of, of people who sit um, and we discuss how to improve the independent gym sector here in the UK. Uh, and then obviously I have quite a, a large voice across the, the kind of Scottish side of things. So it was quite, whilst it was very challenging initially, it was actually really heartening to see so many gym owners come together and kind of really raise awareness of, of the health and the importance of general health and the, the health of the United Kingdom. And then from a more kind of business perspective, the connections that I've made through this gym. So I got headhunted by Gymshark to design and implement their, the Gymshark Lifting Club at their headquarters in Birmingham from concept right the way through to opening. Um, we've been to various different expos. Like I said, we've hosted international sports teams. Um, and then just very, very cliched, but on a daily basis, seeing the happiness and improvements that the facility that I've opened brings to, to so many people in the local area. And, you know, we work with local sports teams as well. We get involved in chari charitable endeavors. So, so just making a difference to my community on a daily basis is, is really, really huge. I'm sure all of your audience have that satisfaction as well. Absolutely. And, and so the, the pros and cons similar to many stories that we've heard come across this podcast, but everybody has their own spin on things. For you, it's interesting that the silver lining of COVID, something that, that we all deemed such a, a poor experience has been almost more collaboration amongst the UK business community than competition. Previous, we were worried about someone poaching members or, or taking clients from one facility to another. And now it's, even here in the States, a lot more us against that than me versus you, if you know what I mean, right? 100%. Jim's uniting, like you mentioned. 100%. There's uh, some stats. I'm not quite sure on the states. I believe your percentage of um, gym membership penetration is sort of around the 18 and a half, 19 percent of population. Right, In yeah. the UK here, it's about 14.1 percent. And that's propped up heavily by London, which is about 17 percent. So it's exactly that, that spirit of collaboration. If we could all here in the UK raise that 14 percent to 16 percent, that's millions of extra members. And we, we simply wouldn't be able to serve them. So rather than arguing over such a small section of the pie, how can we all work together to increase that pie? And the follow-on benefit of that 
is that we're going to have a healthier population. There's a rising obesity crisis in the UK, the strain on our national health service. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah and America, I think we're, we're going the same way as the US in, in, in terms of becoming a population that will be polarized into extremely aware of your health and fitness or just simply don't care. That, that kind of polarization is coming through the youth here in the United Kingdom at the moment. And it's, it's quite a scary thing from being a kid that was outside all the time, climbing trees, falling off trees, playing yeah. every sport that I could. The kids now just you know sat in front of games consoles that makes me sound like an old man but you know <laughs> no i think you're right though it's a it's a, this sort of macro challenge that while individually amongst lift gyms or any specific business we can't necessarily impact the overall statistics but we can impact the people that we interact with and like you said there's far more people sitting on couches than there is in facilities like this so Talk to us about how we find those people, Andy, in a, in a marketing sense. What's been, what's been successful for you to expand the reach of Lyft? And, and how do we start bringing in some more of those people? For us, um, it's quite simply just a, a return on investment. Where can we spend the, the least money and get a return out of that? So your typical typical channels being kind of retention, social media advertising, but where we've actually um, had what I would term a really good awareness campaign is simply through delivering outstanding service and doing that over time consistently to a large number of people to the point where we've been awarded in 2022, we were voted the best strength gym in Scotland. Hmm. And then just recently we were ranked first by our local newspaper the Edinburgh Evening News, uh, as the number one gym to join in Edinburgh in 2023, based on having the highest number and the highest rating of Google reviews. So by simply being consistent, being vocal, providing a high level of service, um, you, can you can have a really good awareness campaign, then feeds into your kind of social media ads. But I think the yeah. thing that so many gym owners overlook is how key retention is in the journey. It's so much cheaper to hold on to a member by delivering to them a quality, consistent service and communicating when that service dips below the standards that you would expect to keep them happy and keep them in the picture. Nobody's perfect, you know, but if you make mistakes, own those mistakes, state the lessons that you've learned and how you're going to improve that service in the future. Yeah. You bring up a really important point and we talk about how do we bring people in and, and start chipping away at the population that isn't in a membership problem. But first, we need to have a product or a service worth marketing before we get to that point. You talk about the quality and the delivery and, and making sure that we can consistently put out good information time and time again. And that leads into the marketing that you put out. These things go hand in hand with, like you said, the digital and social media aspect of things. How do we get people in is one part of the problem. How do we keep them is another part of the problem. We'll get to the sales process and retention here in a moment, but for you guys, at least in the social media side of things, in Scotland, have you found success in putting a budget behind this and advertising on these platforms or has it been purely content and organic based? No, absolutely, there is a benefit to um, ads, but you've got to make sure that you're not just throwing an advert out there and sitting back and hoping that the leads come rolling in. You know, you've got to be A-B testing. You've got to be looking at splitting up your audiences, constantly experimenting, 
trying to make the most of the algorithm. Like there's a fantastic example actually from the uh, 14th of January through to the 23rd of January, we had zero leads from an ad set that we put out that we thought was going to be absolutely fantastic. It hit all the right notes, video testimonials, really emotional, powerful stuff. People talking about the results they made, the changes they made, history of heart disease in the family, you know, people losing eight, 10 inches off their waist in a matter of months, zero leads from it. You then, at the same time, we're running our B test, which is a very simplified advert set. That's literally my business partner holding up a board that says, people of Edinburgh, do you want to get fit in 2023? And that then started power, powering in the leads again. So you, yeah. you can never just, just have one thing going, assign your budget, understand what's running, how you think it will perform based on past advert sets and be ready to change and pile resource into the, the thing that's bringing you the most benefit, not the thing which I think some gym owners may be guilty of, the thing that they're most proud of. It's all about results. That last part is really an interesting note for us to highlight here. I think so often we want to talk about how great the equipment is, the Aleco bars, the power racks that we have, the facility, and the people that we're speaking to just genuinely don't care or know the difference. Yeah. You talk about the, the simplicity of A, B testing, and we had option A with this great information that if somebody was in the know in the health and fitness space, it probably would hit home and connect with. Or option B, straight to an ask of, do you want to get fit? Here's how. And we had far greater results there. I think from a marketing standpoint, that type of, of research is crucial, right? But it's that, ongoing. That's because what happens, well. what hits in March or what hits in April, it might be completely flip-flopped, right? We, that, that's the second step. So we do um, quarterly general market research surveys. So through our social media, both personal, the gym and email, we ask the same questions and base our marketing around the answers that we got back. So for example, those two ads were chosen because they were the two formats, two messages that were coming back in our research. What are your goals in 2023? I want to lose inches off my waist or go down dress sizes. And the other common phrase was get fit. So mm -hmm. we bucketed all the answers we got into those two categories. And then it's okay, which ads are actually working. Yeah. So it might be what people want, but which message resonates. An ongoing challenge that gym owners will have to solve internally, at least. Take us to the next step here, Andy. I mean, we get leads from a number of sources, whether it's an advertisement, whether they organically found us, whether they just walked in off the street. Walk me through the process of what happens for that person to actually sign up for Lyft. Tell me about the sales. Um, so effectively, it all comes down to systems and processes. If you haven't got systems and processes in place, or if you're thinking about opening a gym, spend more time looking at your systems and processes than you do looking at your equipment. It's gotta, it's gotta have a flow. You've gotta know who's come from where, what category they're currently sitting in, how hot they are, um, and then just move them through your CRM system. So for us, everybody is a lead that either comes through social media, be it organic or paid, website, be it organic or paid, or physical visit, be it referral or be it walking off the street. They then get funneled into either our one day free pass or our premium product, depending on which advert they've come from. Premium product people, we aim to call them within five minutes. 
doesn't always happen, but that's the aim. That's what we're, we're striving for. Other people that's managed through a kind of automated text message system that sometimes the team can chip in um, to kind of speed that process up manually. But every single bucket, every single stage has some form of automated communication, be it voicemails, be it text messages, be it emails, so that we're getting those touch points. At the moment in the UK, it's about 20 to 25 touch points before you can make a sale from awareness through to sale. Um, so, you know, how are you getting those touch points? Um, what do you, do you have a structure of awareness through to sale? And then when they're actually in the facility, they turn up for their one day pass. So we offer a free kind of free first session. They turn up, they're greeted at the desk. They should be offered a drink. Um, they then fill out a questionnaire with a member of the staff. The member of staff then has a quick read of their answers and sort of adjusts the tour of the facility. So what they want, you know, if somebody's like, oh, I'm interested in powerlifting, then we're not going to take them into the spin studio. Likewise, if somebody's really interested in spin and yoga, we're probably not going to show them the fact that we've got 100 kilo dumbbells. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's then adjusted to them. They get their training session and they have to come back to the desk to complete their tour, at which point we're going over the sales options with them again and trying to drive them into the sale with our um, kind of urgency incentive, which is almost always zero joining fee um, for that day. And then if someone's a hard sell, we can go zero joining fee um, and zero pro rata fee. So they effectively wouldn't start paying until the first of the following month. Uh, and then if at that point they want to walk away, they walk away. But guess what? They go into our ongoing marketing flow, which is over 30 emails and text messages that cycles between statistics, facts, like lift members are 80% more likely to achieve blah, 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 right the way through to just, hey, we miss you. We'd love to see you again. Here's a free one day pass to come back. Um, yeah, so everything every single bucket every single possible outcome has an automated flow and then whenever we move them manually through that process that changes as well understood okay let me break this down step by step just to make sure that i'm understanding here first things first multiple contact mediums just to get them to the facility call email text whatever it happens to be get them in the facility free trial one day sit down for a membership conversation in which point they also have a free training session was that correct yeah so they would come in to do their free training session then after the session when their endorphins are high and flying we then uh -huh. sit down and go okay. how was that and they go oh my god best gym ever yeah okay offer different membership options we've got quote unquote down cells if we need to to get them signed up even if they walk away, we've got automated nurture campaigns built out. And it completely makes sense to me. Sorry, importantly on that point, the even if they walk away, the first thing we do is ask them for feedback through a form. Now, obviously, our response rate on that isn't brilliant because someone doesn't want to buy into your facility. They don't necessarily want to fill out a form for you. But the ones that do give us feedback, we can start to draw trends. You know, why aren't people signing up? Oh, the last 10 people that have filled out the form said the showers looked like they were really dirty. Okay, we need to put a bit of budget into cleaning. So the key message for me from all of this stuff is you have to constantly be speaking to your current audience, your prospective audience, and your future audience. You have to constantly be trying to understand what they're thinking, what they're doing, what makes them buy, what makes them choose the gym that they're at, or what makes them not go to a gym. You have to constantly be getting feedback out there. Yeah. And for your business, Andy, because the focus is on training from the get-go, are we also seeing a greater penetration rate into personal training beyond that initial conversation? 
or is that something you guys are focused on improving here? Um, we don't really focus on that. So our personal trainers are freelance and we provide them a great platform, um, but it's, it's up to them to build their business. We're focused on our core products, which are the um, open gym membership, gym plus membership, which is gym membership plus a training program. And then our group, small group, private training, uh, which is our premium product that we deliver through our staff. Ah, okay. So multiple different price points and ways that we can ascend to these people. We already mentioned it, but, but retention in this sort of a model needs to be the focus. It's like you said, far easier to keep somebody in than it is to get somebody new to join. What do you focus on? What, what stands out in your mind as meaningful to impact retention? Staff. Our staff are brilliant at the face-to-face -face interaction. And because of that, our members are brilliant at the face-to-face -face interaction. You can troll through our Google reviews. And because of the nature of our facility and how it looks, there are probably 40 or 50 reviews that start off with, lift looked really intimidating, but it's not like that. It's the most welcoming gym I've ever been to. It's so non-judgmental. Everybody's super friendly. So for me, atmosphere and environment is absolutely critical to retention. Somebody has to walk in and feel valued from minute one. And if they do that, they'll feel like they're part of a community. If they feel like they're part of a community, they're more likely to put roots down versus if they go into a big box gym, no one ever talks to them. They punch a code to go through an airlock to get into the facility. They do a workout. They're completely lost. They never talk to anyone and they go home. It's not a great experience for them. They're far more likely to cancel. And that's why the kind of big box budget gyms have a much higher churn rate uh, over here. Yeah, completely understood. And, and I think, interestingly, as we move through COVID, I think COVID was the, the great turning point for a lot of this, where you mentioned big box commercialized style gyms, and a lot of them still are this way, just focused on pure volume, how many people can we sign up, how many people can we jam through the doors. I think a lot more businesses that I see at least find success really, really focusing on quality. Maybe we don't need 10,000 members, but we can serve 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, have these different services that we can layer on, but all of those people are utilizing the facility and they know there's going to be value delivered at every step of the way. I find, and I, I predict that a lot more businesses will attempt to go that route, at least. It's not easy. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it completely. And I'm sure that you could speak to that better than anybody. But as you look forward here, Andy, we've been doing this for, for just shy of five years. Like we already said, the gym is in a far different place today than it was day one. But where do you see this whole thing going? What's, what's the big picture for you as time goes on with Lyft? So Scotland has the lowest density of gyms per capita of anywhere in the United Kingdom. Um, and the vast majority of those are made up by sort of big box budget gyms, as we call them over here. So I don't know if you'll recognize the brand names, but kind of pure gym which who I believe are looking at an American expansion, um, the gym group, JD gyms. Um, we've got so many time fitnesses over here as well. Um, but that's the kind of the majority of the gyms in Scotland are these kind of big chain gyms where you are just the number. So there's a real kind of lack of high quality facilities that are available to members. Um, so the, the goal is to expand across Scotland 
have multiple sites um, and eventually look to franchise and start working down through Northern England. Yeah, it's, I think the market is certainly there for it, especially as we talk about post COVID and, and people getting back to it. You've already touched on, there's more than enough people that aren't even on any kind of gym membership, especially in a situation where there's not even a lot of competition for gym businesses like this. It's an exciting prospect. Let me ask you this because the conversation comes up all the time where I talk to gym owners and their goal is multiple locations and big expansion. But I find that the hardest step is to go from one to two. Beyond two, three, four, five, we have proof of concept and can recreate these systems. What in your mind needs to happen for you to feel confident going to that second location? First step would be a proper um, population evaluation. So who is our target market? Uh, where is the least served area that has the best ratio for us of that target market? Um, from there, what's the affordability like of the type of unit that we would like and we would want for that? Uh, and then from that point, you know, we've already got great relationships with suppliers. So it's all about finding that right location because I think, again, a lot of gym owners will just see a building that maybe looks right for them or fits their, fits their budget, but it's not necessarily in the right place. And then you're facing a constant battle to try and drive people to. It's better to have the wrong unit that's maybe smaller than you would have wanted or needs a bit more work on the interior or whatever, but in the right location, than it would be to have the perfect building, but there's nobody around for 50 miles in any direction. I so, think yeah. that's, a, that's a tremendous point. You know, there's so much of this that goes into setting yourself up for success early, right? No shortage of stories of gyms that, that want to start out, like you said, in 12,000 square feet, brand new everything, lots of overhead, plenty of, of challenges to overcome. Maybe it's better to go smaller than you would imagine, prove the concept, and then build from there. Almost, correct me if I'm wrong, almost as if you're starting your first business over again. We just happen to have a greater amount of experience as an owner of what to avoid. Is that correct? Absolutely. It should, it should be exactly like that. The amount of lessons that we've learned along the way, the amount of contacts that we've made, I do view it as we would effectively be starting a second business. And then obviously you've got the potential legalities of just genuinely starting a second business and um, to protect the first, you know, and to minimize that risk. So yeah, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there. You should be looking at it as, it's ripping everything up and rewriting it from scratch and saying, right, this is a brand new business. If I was starting here from scratch, how, how would I go at it with everything that I've learned and all the contacts that I've now got? And let's do that. Yep. Last question, and we'll start to wrap things up here, Andy, but this is more of a um, big picture global question, maybe. Either Scotland, gym owners nationwide or globally, whatever answer makes sense for you here what do you think could be some challenges or some things that gym owners will have to overcome here in the near future what do you think might be the, the difficulties that will be faced soon so currently in the uk we've got the big cost of living crisis due to energy bills um, and the the ongoings in ukraine but wider than that you've got the the consistent challenge of price of equipment simply going through the roof 
Um, and that is driven by the actual cost of getting the equipment over to the United Kingdom and the cost of steel itself. So going and outfitting a gym with the same equipment that you would have potentially done five years ago, you could now be looking three, four times the cost. So actually physically taking the steps to set that first place up is going to be tremendously expensive compared to what it was. Um, I do think, though, that there are more opportunities than challenges available in the market. But I do think the biggest one would be like if we if we went to set lift up now with the exact same amount of equipment, I shudder to think what the quote would be. <laughs> you know, like the, the cost of the shipping container, the shipping container size is half, but the cost has doubled. And you, so then you start to run the mass on that for a facility of this size. And it's, it's pretty scary. Yeah, there are there are no small amount of ways that you can spend money when opening a business like this, but budgets and, and staying under them will always be the challenge of the new gym owner. That's a great place for us to start to wrap up here, Andy, but I want to save a minute or two for you to tell our people where they can learn more about Lyft. What's the best website? What's the best social media? How can people find and connect with you guys? So Instagram, uh, we are at Lyft Gyms UK. Website is um, www.lift-gyms.co.uk. And then shameless plug for myself, my Instagram is pretty underscore powerlifter for obvious reasons. Pretty, uh, or pretty underscore powerlifter. Connect with Andy and the rest of the team on those platforms. This has been fun, man. I always enjoy conversations like this and, and getting the chance to pick the brain and look under the hood of businesses like this. So I can't thank you enough. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you because it sounds like there are some, some fun upcoming projects here. So we'll have to stay tuned for today. That's all the time we have, but I appreciate it. And I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate your time. Um, and who knows, another couple of years, I might be back on talking about the expansion process. From never some know. You never know. All right. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. And as always, until next time, Jim Mord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.